She's asking, uh, why doesn't the baby have shoes on her feet? Where did she get a sweater? Uh, she just carries various sizes of sweaters at all times for everyone. She's a good abuela. Hello, hello, hello. Hola, konnichiwa, bonjour, what's up? Welcome back to the OK Vibes podcast. Tis I, your host, Justine Monique, back at you to get into a blog post posted on the OK Vibes blog located at okvibes.wordpress.com. And I hope you enjoyed this week's intro, which is Tidying Up with Abuela, the Marie parody featured on the YouTube page of Jenny Lorenzo. And of course, as I always do, I will drop a link in the show notes so y'all can go check out that full clip because a lot of times I don't play the full clip of everything. I just want to give you a little taste of it, you know. So you can go back and listen to the whole thing yourself in your own leisure time. And as you may or may not have guessed already, especially per the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about decluttering and all of that. And of course, you know, I can't talk about decluttering without mentioning Queen Marie Kondo. But before we get into that part of the conversation, let's get into the blog post on the OK Vibes blog titled Tackling Two Decades of Clutter, which was published on ah, February 20th, 2023. Let's go. Tackling Two Decades of Clutter. Believe it or not, as I'm still undergoing getting my home in order through decluttering, I found something that's nearly two decades old. A bag of acrylic paints I purchased for art school from the university store. I attended art school in 2003. My paper shredder survived after all I put it through a few weekends ago, where I spent more time than I expected shredding up old paperwork. Daycare receipts. Car docs for cars I no longer owned expired job apps I faxed, and even a university acceptance letter were among the timed-out hard copies in my filing cabinet. I'd earned the degree many moons ago. There was no need to hold on to the letter. An old jewelry box with broken and missing jewelry pieces littered the inside. I rediscovered one half of a pair of earrings I had worn as a baby that my mom gave me ages ago in it. I'm holding on to that earring in a keepsake box, along with the ring my great-granddad gave me. Arts and crafts projects by my kids from preschool onward were in the mix of clutter too. 
when I presented certain pieces by them that I recouped, they didn't seem phased and forgot their creations. The overall attitude was, you kept that? Through this personal undertaking, I realized that I was unknowingly living the life of a pack rat, keeping everything just in case, tossing things and files and wherever they could fit out of sight. Years later, these dusty items I held on to served me no purpose. They've been trashed, shredded, regifted, or are currently boxed up and ready for donation at my local Goodwill store. What may be the worst job to tackle will be my storage space, which is located outside of my main living area. I'll deal with sifting through the junk in it when the weather warms up. Aside from the storage space, I only have photos to sort in addition to DVDs and CDs to purge. That'll take time, and I plan to dedicate this weekend to it. Then it's off to the Goodwill and Recycling Center to offload the broken and outdated electronics, plus dead batteries. The feeling of releasing all of this shit has heightened my spirits, and I know I'll feel a lot freer once the storage space is tidy. Say what you want about Marie Kondo, but she's got a point about keeping things that spark joy. There's no point in allowing useless things to take up space in your life. Everything we own may not spark joy, but it shouldn't become waste. So yes, in case you were wondering, uh, yeah, I actually did read Marie Kondo's book. I know she's got multiple, and I keep switching between Marie and Mari because I've heard her pronounce as Mari, but then other people seem to address her as Marie. And even in her book or on her book or whatever, she puts, she spells it like Marie. So I'm like, um, all right, Marie, Mari, I don't know. So <laughs> I apologize if I'm confusing you by switching back between the two pronunciations. But anyhow, I did read in full per the audiobook version her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing. So that really inspired me to get it together with cleaning my shit up because, you know, one of the other motivators was also knowing or hoping that that summer, last summer, I was hoping to actually move, to actually purchase a home. But if you heard in the last podcast episode where I was talking about neighbors and sharing stories on the internet that people had about having bad neighbors and of course I shared a couple of my own that um you know it didn't end up happening for me but you know the one of the things I was thinking about is do I really want to wait until I move to deal with trying to declutter and shit or should I just get a head start and do it now so that I know everything that is contained in my current home is what I plan on taking with me without worrying about making trips to trash and shit. I could just worry about boxing everything up, you know, because that just adds extra work when you're like, damn, I don't need this. This got to go in the trash. This got to go to Goodwill. And, you know, let me see if I can get rid of this in the midst of trying to plan a move. So I was happy to do that. And just in, also in the spirit of wanting to do better by myself, and I'm not saying better like alone, let me rephrase that, doing better for myself <laughs> on my own terms you know, I being a better person to myself, so to speak, I was like, okay, you know, one of the ways we could do this is let's clean up and get rid of stuff. Let's stop looking at things and wishing that we could get rid of it or procrastinating and let's just get it done. So that's what I did. And I guess after reading that book, I did it and I felt so much better, especially going through the, um, my, uh, storage closet because damn, 
You know, it just had a lot of shit in it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I can't believe I just was like tossing shit in here. I mean, I had like an old ass suitcase I hadn't used in like 10 years. Like, come on, man. You know, it's all these things I was telling myself like, oh, I might need it later. I might need it later. Just hold on to it. You never know. And guess what? That day never came. So it was time for that shit to hit the road, Jack. But in case you haven't heard anything about Marie or Marie Kondo, which I find hard to believe if you haven't, because she was hot in these streets for quite some time. And then there was even a bit of a controversy, so to speak, that came up. Um, but I first would like to, if you don't know about the KonMari method, um, which she does explain on her website, KonMari.com, which, by the way, no, um, Mari Kondo is not paying me <laughs> to advertise any of her services. But again, since I did use her book to help motivate me to, you know, take on certain techniques and things with decluttering. Hey, I you know, I want to share the wealth because, hey, it could really help people. And of course, if you look on the internet, there's mixed reviews about people using the KonMari method. But overall, it seemed like a lot of people were able to declutter their life. Okay. But again, what is the KonMari method? The KonMari method is a simple but effective tidying method, ensuring you will never again relapse to clutter. It uses a unique selection criterion, choosing what sparks joy. You are not choosing what to discard, but rather choosing to keep only the items that speak to your heart. Through tidying, you can reset your life and spend the rest of your life surrounded by people and things that you love the most. So that's what it says on her website about what the KonMari method is. And I will tell you this, you know, keeping all these things in mind while I was doing my own decluttering was extremely helpful. And I won't say that everything I kept sparked like a thousand percent joy, but they were things that I could say at least I was grateful for. But it was also super easy for me to get rid of things that I just wasn't into anymore, such as, you know, a shirt I might have only worn a couple times. Yeah, I liked it. But maybe I was holding on to it for a certain occasion to come around so I could wear it again. It's like, girl, (laughs) if the time comes where you have to wear a certain type of, you know, shirt for a certain type of event, just go buy a new one. Like, let's stop holding on to this thing that we're probably not going to wear again. You know, it really helped me with that and to realize that maybe I was just keeping things out of sentiment. And so, you know, I get it. I get that part. I'm a sentimental person. And that's a part of the reason why I held on to a lot of things such as fucking barely, (laughs) I don't want to say barely written in, but yeah, barely written in like holiday cards I've gotten over the years. You know, I have a whole box of keepsakes and mementos essentially um, that I keep and I've kept it forever. And a lot of it does contain like birthday cards and uh, like cards, Christmas cards people will send me. Even though a lot of people don't fuck with Christmas like that. But anyway, that's not what this episode's about. So we're not going to get all into it. (laughs) Okay. But, uh, you know, while I was going through all these cards and I was like, do I really need to keep all all the things in this keepsake box? And I ended up tossing a shit ton of Christmas cards I had because a lot of them were just like, you know, it had whatever the actual print of uh, printed text was inside as a lot of cards come with. And then it just had somebody use their own pen and write like from blah, blah, blah. So in my mind, I'm like, if there's not an actual like heartfelt note in this, why the fuck do I want to keep this? <laughs> so I just tossed, I had a bunch like that. I just got rid of them, got them out of there. Any like letters and notes or something from exes, toss those too. Because why even bother keeping on to that? You know, before... 
Because again, as I've said, I am a sentimental person. You know, I would like to keep things like that as like a time to remember like, oh, you know, I, I had a love and it was, you know, even though we're not together, you know, we did have some good times. I should keep this thing. I mean, y'all, I was even screenshotting like texts and stuff I might have from exes, even friends that I kept that were like, you know, may touch my heart or something, even if something that made me laugh. So, you know, along with my physical decluttering, I did digital decluttering as well. I went through and just started deleting shit like that. You know, it's it's just no point in keeping things like that. Do I really need to have a screenshot of a text message of somebody saying how great I am from someone that I'm not even with anymore, that I don't even fucking speak to anymore? Hell no. If anything, that defeats the purpose because, yeah, for the moment, you might be like, yay, but if you don't even deal with that person anymore, what does this even mean? If anything, it's going to spark the opposite reaction where now you're thinking, oh my God, you know, you could be sad. <laughs> now you're dwelling on why the relationship didn't work out. So I just went through just deleting that shit. Delete, delete, delete. Get it out of here. We don't need this anymore. And I'm not going to lie, y'all. I used to be... I don't want to say a spiteful person, <laughs> but it was, I was a little spiteful. I was a little spiteful. But if ever I had an issue with somebody like we were beefing and they decided to go at me over text message or email, I would save those. I would literally have a folder titled evidence. Okay. It was called evidence. <laughs> and that's what the evidence was. It was anybody who talked some kind of shit to me, I would have screenshots of all that shit in that evidence folder. And, you know, after a while, it's just like, is this even needed? I know what somebody did to me. I know how I feel about that person, especially if they're no longer in my life. Do I really need to keep these things? No, come on. This is just wasting storage space. And it's not really serving me any purpose because even just looking at the folder, not even going into it, but just looking at it, it doesn't make me feel good. So this is just also something I want to, you know, uh, bring up in this episode is that, you know, I know a lot of people start making New Year's resolutions because, hey, we're in the last month of the year and all these things. And, you know, folks start wanting to think about what they want to do different for next year. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you to make a resolution because me personally, I don't believe in resolutions because I feel like it shouldn't take a new year for you to start doing better for yourself if that's what your goal is. I feel like you should just start doing it the moment you realize you need to make a change. Make a plan, act on the plan and cons be consistent, maintain, you know, what you're trying to strive for, whatever that goal is. So I say to you, if you are somebody who feels like you need to start cleaning your shit up, <laughs> you need to get your home in order. Hell, you need to get your life in order, okay? Because, you know, just doing, de decluttering your space should also include you de decluttering your innards, okay? Your inner space as well. That's extremely important. And that also means, you know, reevaluating who's in your circle. I mean, are these people sparking joy within your life? <laughs> you better ask yourself and don't give them a pass just because they might be a blood relative. Don't give them a pass because it could be a friend you had for over a decade. Do not give them a pass. If, you know, just don't give everybody a fucking pass. People have to earn their place in their life. They should know that. And I'm not saying you gotta, there's gotta be a transactional relationship all the time. But I truly believe no matter what sort of connection you have, you really should be both. Let's say just let's limit it to two parties. OK, you have a friend. You and your friend should be able to feed each other, so to speak. You know, I feel like if you're not bringing out the best in each other, what is the point of having that person around? I, mean, I just feel like you got to ask yourself that question, especially when you get to a certain point in life 
you know, when you're really trying to do better, you want to elevate? Can you see yourself elevating with someone? Are you really cool with everybody that's around you that says they love you? Do they? Are they showing you that? You know, even where you live, are you happy with where you live? And don't get me wrong, y'all. I know it is fucking tough. I hear the rent is still high. It's hard as fuck to buy a home. I know because I've been there and tried it. <laughs> and, you know, it's easier said than done to have to get up and move and relocate, possibly leave a place that you've been in all your life to go try something new. But you know what? I got to tell you, sometimes that's what you need. A change of scene can really change your fucking life. Seriously. And that's something I know with myself, I definitely want to do. I just want to wait for my, uh, as I like to refer to them, my (laughs) starter pack adult children to get themselves together a little more. And then I would like to make a big move because I've been itching for years to relocate. I, I feel like I need to go someplace else for sure. I've had my time here. You know, thankfully I was able to keep my kids in the same place and raise them here. But now... It's time for mama to be a little selfish and do her. You know what I mean? It's time for that. So I know me doing that is going to be excellent. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be just what my soul needs. So that's just something else to think about is what else can you do to lighten your load in your life? Whether it is having a bunch of junk around in your home, whether it is having a bunch of junk in your life, you know, I just think it's time. You got to do a regular check in with yourself or shit will get off the rails. You know, one of the things I see people say, not always, but sometimes when people are talking about, oh, I'm trying to reorganize my house or something, you know, one of the common phrases seems to be, I don't know how it got this bad. <laughs> you know, And it's like, yeah, sure, you're not, you know, taking inventory every day, but at some point you had to know, okay, like the, the dishes are barely getting done. There's always fucking excessive clothes and shit. You, you, you got to notice when things are happening. I think you just make a mental note to say, let me ignore it. Let me not give a fuck. And then that, then when, uh, you know, that moment of truth comes up, you're like, damn, I guess I got to face the facts. You know, or something happens where let's say you have a visitor come over and they're like, damn, it's fucking junkie in here. Now don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think everybody who comes to visit you, they're not going to be just, you know, that fucking blunt, but you can also read body language. You can see the expressions on folks' faces when they don't look comfortable, when they are not looking happy. Okay. So yeah, I, (laughs) which can we also say, speaking of decluttering, okay. Because I feel like people seem more focused on decluttering their homes than decluttering their cars. If you do have a car. Okay. I have to tell you, and I just told a friend this recently, I cannot stand getting in a junky fucking car. Like, I don't want to sit here and act like I keep the inside of my car pristine. And I'm definitely uh, get lax a days ago when it comes to keeping my car washed. I probably go like, I don't know, three, four times a year. Maybe not even that. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't get it clean as often as I probably should. It's still good, though. But the inside, for the most part, it's just like regular schmegular like dirt, you know, Like, you know, dirt that comes off your shoes on the floor mats and dust that accumulates. But I have a little duster in my car and I I will dust the inside of there. But there are people who just, you would think they live in their fucking car, y'all. Like, just food wrappers everywhere, all kinds of shit to me that, why is this in the car? Like, I, I can't stand that. I don't even like people eating in my car, personally. That is something that is a minimal activity. The only way I normally allow that is if, you know, we're squeezed for time or something. You know, it's like, oh, shit, let's just slide through to this drive through situation. We're all hungry. We need to eat. We don't really have time to be stopping and doing this and that. 
But thankfully, after I had gotten my car detailed some months ago, inside and out, I put some seat covers on there. So I'm like, if anybody does have to eat in this car, at least I have seat covers. So don't ruin the original cover. So just bringing that up, too, because, hey, if your car is a fucking mess, <laughs> you know, y'all need to clean that shit up, too. You know, you should feel safe in that car and clean. So something else I have to say that also made me think about wanting to declutter, even though God willing, uh, you know, I'll at least make it through some of my middle age life. I hope I would like to is, you know, what if I just drop dead today? Do I want to leave the burden of my children and possibly friends to go through my shit? You know, I, I always think about that. I don't know if people think about that as much as I do. Maybe it's because I used to work in the death care industry. So I'm a little more like hi not hyper focused, but I'm more aware of that situation and just how stressful that can be that you're already mourning and now you got to deal with going through all of your loved one's shit that is just way too much y'all and I feel like that's something else we should all think about as well if something happens to us and we know we have fucking shit on top of junk on top of junk on top of shit is that something our loved ones should have to deal with in the midst of trying to grieve and all the legal matters that may be involved in your passing? No, I don't think that's fair. So perhaps that could also motivate you to want to declutter. Just saying. Um, which speaking of, I happen to hear about the Swedish death cleaning uh, <laughs> fucking technique, which I, mean, I didn't know that existed. I, I was like, what? What are we talking about here? And apparently it is based on a book of the same name by a Swedish author, uh, Margareta Magnusson. I'm probably saying that shit wrong and I don't know how to speak Swedish, but I believe the name for the book is Dostadning. Again, probably saying that shit all wrong, but hey, at least I'm saying it. But the title, The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Okay, is I, I guess that's what it's translated to. Again, please don't quote me on this. I've done some research on the internet, but I haven't dove way into it. And this book came out in 2020. So, uh, and apparently it also became a TV series developed by Amy Poehler. I'm like, eh, what do you know? I'm surprised I never heard of this before. What the hell? Why am I just now hearing about this? So apparently at some point, NBC News decided to write an article about it. And I was like, huh, okay let's get into this article then let's let's let me read y'all this article what is swedish death cleaning and should you be doing it go ahead clean your closet like there's no tomorrow by sarah d guilio published on november 2nd 2017 at 2 29 p.m edt updated november 2nd 2017, 129 p.m. EDT. Marie Kondo asked us to part with anything that didn't spark joy when we touched it. The bullet journal turned scrapbooking into an organization system. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that one of these days you'll find yourself partaking in a new cleaning exercise designed to essentially help you prepare for death. No, it's not as morbid as it sounds. It's actually quite practical. Once you reach the end of middle age, or sooner if you feel like it, or later if you're late to the exercise, you get rid of all the stuff you've accumulated that you don't need anymore, so that no one else has to do it for you after you pass. That's according to Margarita Magnusson, 
author of the new book, The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning, How to Make Your Loved One's Lives Easier and Your Own Life More Pleasant, which releases in the U.S. in January. Visit your storage areas and start pulling out what's there, she writes in the book. Who do you think will take care of all that when you are no longer here? Plus, you'll be able to better enjoy your life when you have less mess and clutter to deal with. Life will become more pleasant and comfortable if we get rid of some of the abundance, Magnuson writes. Mess is an unnecessary source of irritation. In Swedish, the exercise is dostadning, a combination of the word do, which means death, and standing, which means cleaning, she explains in the book. Death cleaning is not about dusting or mopping up. It is about a permanent form of organization that makes your everyday life run more smoothly, she explains. And you may even find the process itself enjoyable, she adds. It is a delight to go through things and remember their worth. Magnuson was born in Sweden and describes herself as aged between 80 and 100. Although she's lived elsewhere, she currently resides back in the Scandinavian country in a two-room apartment in Stockholm. She's cleaned out the homes of parents, in-laws, and friends after they passed, as well as the home she shared with her husband after he died. And though the Swede reiterates throughout the book the benefits you'll feel after death cleaning, she stresses it's about doing a favor for those who survive you too. Some people can't wrap their heads around death, and these people leave a mess after them. Did they think they were immortal? She writes. The benefit of death cleaning to your loved ones who won't have to do it for you is fairly straightforward. But what about the happiness and enjoyment on your end? Psychology and sociology offer some interesting reasons why going through our possessions, paring down, and cleaning out really can be helpful. And why it really might be prudent to not wait too long before jumping on the trend. Why Swedish death cleaning could change your life. One. It might make you happier. Swedish death cleaning fits into the minimalism movement, explains Rosalina Ferraro, Ph.D., associate professor of marketing at Robert H. Smith School of Business at University of Maryland. People may be drawn to it for the same reasons people decide to live in tiny houses or hire a professional organizer. If you pare down, the argument is that you can better focus on the really important things in life, says Ferraro, whose research focuses on consumer behavior and psychology. Psychologically, minimalism is based on the idea that happiness doesn't come from stuff, but rather from relationships and experiences. So when you get rid of the excess stuff surrounding you, you can better identify on those things that are really important to you and what brings you pleasure in your life, Ferraro tells NBC News better. Studies have actually shown people who are most focused on materialistic pursuits like getting rich and buying stuff, are at higher risk of becoming unhappy, anxious, having low self-esteem, and even developing problems with intimacy. It makes intuitive sense, Ferraro adds. All of the products available and opportunity to acquire stuff in today's world can be overwhelming, she says. The idea of decluttering and streamlining our lives resonates because it may feel like it pushes back against this crazy, chaotic world we live in. Two, it might help you feel less stressed and overwhelmed and get more done. Another argument for embracing your inner Scandinavian Cinderella, you may find yourself less stressed and more focused once you're living in a clean, organized space. Having fewer things to worry about really can make life seem more manageable, from the practical chores you do on a day-to-day basis to the big projects and problems you face, explains psychotherapist Amy Morin, LCSW, a lecturer at Northeastern University and author of 
13 things mentally strong people don't do. When there is less chaos on the outside, we're likely to feel less chaos on the inside, she says. Multiple studies link clutter with stress and decreased productivity. One study that analyzed how 60 women described their home environments found that those who considered their spaces more cluttered, unfinished, and less restful had consistently higher levels of the stress hormone cortisol and worse moods over the course of a day compared with women who described their homes as being more restorative. Other research has found that clutter can actually make it harder for the brain to focus on a specific task, basically because the visual cortex gets distracted by the irrelevant information you take in. Three, it might help you better cope with the reality of your own mortality. We must all talk about death. If it's too hard to address, then death cleaning can be a way to start the conversation, Magnuson writes in the book. And on that point, Magnuson is on to something, Morin says. Getting rid of items can serve as a reminder that things don't last forever, including us, Morin explains. Going through all of your things can serve as a reminder of who you are, how you see yourself, and how you want others to see you after death. Your legacy, she adds. Plus, there's the practical aspect that eventually someone will need to deal with all your stuff, whether that's you while you're still able to, or your loved ones after you're gone, adds David J. Eckert, PhD, professor of sociology and gerontology in the Sociology Lifespan Institute at University of Kansas. Many people, once they reach a certain age, know that eventually, even before they face death, they may end up having to deal with some disability that forces them to downsize or move out of their homes. The argument for doing something like death cleaning is that it makes you more nimble for these changes, Eckert says. And research from Eckert and his colleagues shows you're better off cleaning and paring down sooner rather than later, as people are less and less likely to do it the older they get. I don't think that's surprising because it's so laborious to do these things. It's physical work, it's cognitive work, it's emotional work, he explains. Still, those thudning may not be for everyone. For some people, decluttering and feeling the urge to clean out is part of their personality, explains Russell Belk, PhD, distinguished research professor in the Schulich School of Business at York University. There are people that have more organized lives because they want to feel in control, he says. And habits like immediately washing the dishes after dinner are ones that give them that sense of power and control. Other people just don't see the mess or view it as a problem, says Belk, who researches the meaning of possessions, collecting, and materialism. Recognizing those different personality types begs the question— is the barrage of organization trends simply celebrating one personality type and holding it up as the most virtuous way to live? It's an open question in the mind, says Eckert. And it's worth acknowledging that there are a number of other ways to be happy, deal with stress, and talk about death that don't involve divesting the majority of your possessions. Currently, however, minimalism continues to be the flavor of the day. For a long time, there's been a strong and anti-materialism bias in our culture, Eckert says. Traditionally, that bias has been driven by religious values, and more recently by environmental movement calling us to live with a lighter footprint on the planet, he says. And how well we meet the societal norm is an evaluation of our values, Felk adds. The home that's too cluttered is viewed like an unhealthy body, he explains, 
Being able to keep a tidy home essentially says something about how ordered, disciplined, and well your home is, he says. You could look at this type of cleaning as being a dietetic regimen for the home. But in reality, the models of the homes we see in ads and consumer magazines with a perfectionist, minimalist aesthetic can be almost unlivable, he notes. We may aspire to that, but it's really hard to do in practice because daily life messes it up. That's not to say people with personalities that aren't bothered by clutter wouldn't reap the same benefits of organizing as people who are innately more motivated to do it. But you don't need to beat yourself up for not trying it. And give yourself flexibility if you do, adds Morin. While one person may not be able to maintain a plan if they feel the rules are too rigid, someone else may need strict rules to abide by in order to stick with the program, she says. If you're looking to try this type of organizing and cleaning exercise, it's important to look at what your overall goals are and then decide which steps you want to take, she suggests. Pushing yourself a little harder than you're comfortable with in terms of getting rid of items, perhaps parting with a few more possessions than you can think you can, will help most people see they can live with less, she says. While you might think the way you are living now is best for you, you won't know for sure unless you try something different. So I will say to add to the point of the arc, I know a lot was said there, and thank you for hanging in, listening to the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, I do feel like having less clutter around frees up my mind. It's so true. It's one of those things that I'm not constantly thinking about having to deal with, especially like I mentioned earlier, if I just see something that I know I need to evaluate whether I should keep it or not, or, you know, it's just sitting there and nothing's happening. So yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, I was stressed, y'all. <laughs> I was stressed doing the decluttering. Um, I know Marie Kondo, she seems to have a one-day decluttering situation where you're supposed to declutter your whole home in a day. I believe if I'm mistaken, then you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I knew damn well there was no way I was going to spend a whole entire day decluttering. Like that would have just been way too mentally exhausting. So essentially what I did was break it up per over like a two, I want to say like a two month period of time. So like every week I took one area, I said, okay, on the weekend, this is what I'm going to tackle. Like this is what I'm going to do on my Saturday or something. So I broke it down by room, like, okay, dining area, living room, bedroom, bath, you know, kitchen, go through all these areas and let's declutter. Let's make a pile of donate, trash, key, um, giveaway, whatever. And I did that. And again, going through that, even though it's stressful as fuck, <laughs> I'm so happy I did it. And at this point now, it makes me a lot more mindful of my spending because now I have to think, is this item really going to bring me joy? Is this going to be an impulse purchase? Am I really going to be able to use this stuff? Or, you know, is, <laughs> is this something I'm going to end up giving away? Is it going to be trash? You know, I really have to weigh the value of my purchases now when it comes to things that aren't food. So, again, I, I feel like the practice will help you a lot, especially if you do get a little stressed out doing it, because hopefully that will help you curb any unnecessary spending you have. It'll make you more mindful of your purchases, y'all, because what is the point in essentially just throwing your money away? You know, let's think about it. But all right, that is it. And that is that for this episode. I thank anybody who has shared and liked the episode. Give me any feedback. I appreciate it. It's, it's good to know y'all are listening and that, you know, you're vibing on these topics with me. I appreciate it so much. And if you haven't already, you can go and subscribe to the OK Vibes blog located at okvibes.wordpress.com and check me out 
on Goodreads, because I am a Goodreads author. You can see all my titles and ratings on my books, and that'll also lead you to my Amazon author page if you would like to purchase any of my books. And if you aren't already, connect with me on X, formerly Twitter, and or Instagram at Justine Monique, J-U-S-T-I-N-E-M-O-N-I-K-U-E. And I shall return next Thursday at 12, 12 p.m. EST with a new episode for y'all. Thank you so much. Bye.